Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Good morning. You can be seated. Um, just what a blessing. I, I, I think we could just cut this sermon real short and we'll just keep worshiping. How's that? We could, uh, we could do that. I think maybe uh, one of these Friday nights we'll just come down and we'll have a night of worship. We do that every once in a while. And, and we just, we couldn't do it on Saturday because we'd be here when church starts on Sunday. But uh, uh, we, are, we are glad to be with you. It's an honor. We understand the privilege to come and, and minister to, to another shepherd's flock. And so we don't take that lightly. And we just, we thank God for the opportunity. We, we want to thank your pastors, Pastor Omar and Sister Letty. They are they are a great, mighty man and woman of God, and we're just, we're just blessed to be here, fellowship with you. Um, just want to share a little bit about us. You probably don't know who we are. I mean, if you Googled Amy, you probably see her, but probably don't know who I am. That's okay. I'm just Amy's husband. Uh, but I'm, I'm Stoney Berna. This is my wife, Amy. And we are uh, pastors of the Lighthouse in Madera, California, little little town just north of Fresno, and we're actually outskirts of town, so we're we're in the uh, country. So we have cattle across the street, and so you know that's that's what I grew up doing. I'm a, a, a rancher's son. I grew up roping and riding and doing that kind of stuff, and now we're in construction. And so, um, but uh, I want to honor my wife. We've been married for uh, 29 years. Better get that right. Yeah. Still newlyweds, for those of you that are thinking that marriage is all that, you know, that's just, you know, the ball and chain stuff, that's not true, that's thinking, because I still feel like I'm a newlywed every day. Uh, We have two children, and they're both married, and uh, we have, proudly I say this, we have four grandchildren in the last four years, we have one each year for four years, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still encouraging. We have chance to have five and five. I'm, I'm telling them, hey, come on, come on. You got time right now. Um, but uh, this is our 23rd year, and I, we, we, it's, it's our business, but God gave it to us to manage. And so this is our 23rd year in business. And uh, so I'm, I'm proud to say that we, uh, you know, God has taken us from a little bit of nothing to, you know, a little bit of something. So it's, it's, it's been good. We, uh, we will complete a... a this year will actually complete a record-breaking number for us, so it's going to be it's going to be a celebration time, and I just give God all the glory in our business and everything that He's done. But we've been uh, I've been this will be 30 years that I was born again this coming summer, and since the moment I came to know the Lord, I I um, uh, they put me in some kind of ministry. They put me to work. As soon as I committed, then they committed me to something. So. Uh, I made a mistake of singing Amy a song. She's like, oh, well, you're going to be on the worship team. So they put me on the worship team first, and I don't know. They probably just turned my mic down. And, but, uh, uh, and Amy's been in ministry since she was born. She was a PK. For those of you that know what a PK is, you know, you know those preacher's kids. And, uh, but I want to introduce my wife to you. She's going to sing a couple songs. She's a award. Yeah, I'll brag on her for a second. She's an award-winning singer-songwriter. You can Google her name, Amy Berna. She's been all over the United States. She's been in many, many other countries, traveling, singing. She's a, uh, you know, we don't want her to preach on Sunday because you'll never invite me back. And, um, but she's going to minister tomorrow night. So I want you to, you ladies come. Because she is, uh, she's like 
like C4. It's a small little package, you know, like dynamite is bigger. She's, she's this dynamite in a small package, just like your pastors. You know, that you, in the spirit, we are all giants, but in the in this flesh, you know, what, what are we? You know, we find our confidence in Christ, not in w- with this flesh of ours. So thank God. But she's, uh, she's been, uh, we've, we, I've been able to tag along. We've been able to be in some of the largest churches around. We've been in some of the biggest auditoriums and, and uh, you know, sang and performed, worked with some of the top record producers and A&R people and promoters. And she's had songs on the radio. And, you know, you can you go on any of the, go on any of the, the places you download music, you can download her stuff. So anyways, sing for us, sing. He's gonna pump it up and I'm gonna be pressured. Woo. God is good this morning. We're so honored to be here with you. God bless you all. Amen. What about that worship this morning? Praise God. Praise God for his presence in this place. We're so just thrilled to be with you this morning. Amen. You know, Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, the prayer that we know very well. Father, if you're willing, let this cup pass from me, right? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. The most important thing to Jesus was doing the will of the Father. And this morning, as Christians, that should be the most important thing to us too, right? Jesus knew he was headed to the cross. He knew what was in store. Yet he said, not my will, but yours be done. We were in an airport a few months ago, and I witnessed a scene. We were walking to our gate, and there was this little boy and his mother. and, And from a distance, I could see he was waving his hands and saying something, insisting that she hear something that he said. So I got very curious, and as I got closer, I could hear that he was saying, But I know the way to the bathroom. But I know the way to the bathroom. And I was thinking, well, what is so good about knowing the way to the bathroom, right? And then I heard his mother say, oh, so you know the way to the bathroom. And do you know how many strangers are going to pass along the way to the bathroom? And do you know that those strangers could take you from me and your brother and your dad? She just started pouring out all this wisdom that only a mother would know. And he just stood there in silence and didn't say anything. And I kind of chuckled and walked away and I started thinking, how many times have I been just like that little boy? But I know the way. I know a better way, Lord. And in his wisdom, amen, the Bible says his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher than ours, amen. And the most important thing that we need to understand this morning is that I want to be all that God wants me to be. So this song I wrote in a season of brokenness, and I wrestled and wrestled with it until finally I prayed a prayer of surrender. Lord, if you're not going to take me out of it, then then get the glory in it. Hallelujah. Wherever you're at this morning, just remember this. It's in our surrender that we unlock the purpose of God in our lives. Hallelujah. Pray this ministers to you this morning. There's no way of knowing how long it
can't stop the storm when I know that you can. But he.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I can brag on her because it's not her bragging, so it's okay, right? You know, I love my girl and um, the anointing that is on her life and all that God has done. And even though I've heard that song a million times, and if you've ever been in a studio, you know what I'm saying. Um, it still brings tears to my eyes because every one of the songs that was birthed it was birthed in a season, and it always reminds you of what God has done. And so, wow. So, let me get into the Word this morning. I want to I, I share with you something that God spoke directly to me. And just, just uh, you know, we just finished February, the love month. I'm sure you guys probably ministered on, on love in February. And I started thinking about April. And we're just around the corner. We're stepping across the threshold into, you know, we're almost here to Resurrection Sunday. I don't even like calling it Easter. But, and that's really the love month. And so I want to share with you a message the Lord gave me about love. And so if you turn your Bibles with me, open your apps, however you guys do that nowadays. But uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 13, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love... I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see the face. We shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. 
Father God, I thank you this morning for the seeds that are being sown through the word of God and through this love sermon, Lord. I thank you that it's not being sown on ground that's not broken and plowed and ready to, to be fruitful and multiply. So, Lord, let us take that seed of the word and let us take it with us and let it grow into something great. In the mighty name of Jesus today, hallelujah, amen. amen. So quickly, I want to show you two things about love that the Lord showed me. And the first thing is what love is. And as I read that verse, I just thought, you know, how many times have we done, performed weddings and uh, we've read 1 Corinthians 13? I mean, that's, that's like the, the wedding verse, right? I mean, that's, we all go to that. That's a go-to for all of us, you know. But if you actually take that verse and break it down, it really tells us what love actually is. So if we take 1 Corinthians 13 and let it speak directly to us, it tells us all you need to know about love. See, I, I, I don't know about you, but I didn't know what love was. I thought I did. See, Paul puts all of the spiritual gifts into perspective in 1 Corinthians 13. You know that he, was, he said... Um, he was just teaching about the spiritual gifts, right? And then it gets to the end of the, of the, the chapter there, and he, goes, or the, and he says, and now I will show you the most excellent way. And so he's, he's just talking about spiritual gifts, and now he's going to talk about the most excellent way? See, he says, if I speak in tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am just a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. He says, apparently the Corinthians were seeking status through the exercise of spiritual gifts. Nobody's ever heard of that happen before, right? We don't see that in our world, you know, because the, the issue is whenever flesh is involved, whenever we're led by the, you know, flesh is flesh. Even spiritual giftings can be led by the flesh. See, whenever man is involved with, without, but without love, that's the problem, without passion, without the true agape love for mankind, it's just a bunch of noise. See, Paul is trying to show the Corinthians the right way. He says the most excellent way to exercise these gifts. The most excellent way, though, you may have everything without love you have nothing. You can have everything. And he explains it to us. You may know all the scripture. There's a lot of uh, uh, scholars in this place. You might know scripture. You know, what, what's it talking about? If you know it, great. But how about to apply it to your life? You know, read the word and do what it says. That's a real simple way to do it. You might speak in tongues of angels. Anybody speak in tongues of angels? I heard a lot of great angelic voices up here, but I didn't see no halos. So a lot, a lot of great angelic voices. You might have the, the voice of an angel. You might even give to the poor when you leave this place today. You could do all the things that are referenced in 1 Corinthians 13, but without love, you're just a bunch of noise. Wow. See, Paul is showing us that love is the fuel that powers the spiritual gifting. It's the fuel. It's what fills us up. Without love, there is really nothing. We, we can't know the most excellent way that Paul talks about until we come to know Christ. See, I don't know about you. I didn't know what love really was. I didn't. I, I, I didn't grow up in church. Anybody, who ra raise your hand if you grew up in church. Well, praise the Lord for that. One thing that I, I thank God for is I didn't have to unlearn anything when I came to church because I didn't know anything. I was a clean slate. I knew who Jesus was and I knew what Christmas was about and what Easter was about. But other than that, you know, my prayer every night, my mom made me pray. I don't know why I was raised by heathens, but she made me pray every night. You know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, to love and guard me through the night and wake me with the morning light. Amen. That was every night I was, I was told to say my prayers. Well, I did that my entire, I mean, I don't even know when I stopped. I, do I still do it now, babe? I don't know. And then I would always finish with, God, I pray that I grow up to be six feet tall and fairly decent looking. I always thought it'd be, you know, a little over the top. You have to be, you know, 
really good looking, but just fairly decent. Was a, you know, this is a little kid. I mean, who does that kind of stuff? I don't know. But six feet tall didn't happen, and the fairly decent looking part, God, I don't know what, where did I fall short? But, <laughs> but I didn't know what love was. I really didn't know what real love was. You know, there was, we, when Amy and I got married almost 30 years ago in another, uh, not this summer, but next summer, there was an old country song, and I grew up in the country so that, you know, I'm, I'm a country boy. And, and uh, Doug Stone sang the song. So it was in our wedding. Probably most of you don't know the song, but it said, I never knew love. No, I mean real love. I never knew that kind of love until this moment with you. See, I like, I'm not John Travolta, but I like to dance and sing. That's why they turn my mic down. But I never knew love. No, I mean real love. And that's what I'm talking about today is, you know, not that I'm looking for real love, baby. Yeah, well, let's not go there. But anybody knew what real love was before they came to Christ? It's impossible to know what real love is. See, I met this little brown-eyed girl right before the end of high school. About, I think the week after high school, we went out on our first date. And I t- I've told her a million times, but from that very first date, I knew, you know, you, when you know that you know that you know, you know, it's like I knew that she was the one. And I thought, I better not mess around. I'm not going to let anybody else get the opportunity to get that. So I'm, I'm, I don't mess around. I, don't, I have no patience. <laughs> one of the things that he says, love is patient, right? Okay, so, so. But I just knew that she was the one for me. But at that time, I didn't know what real love was. I didn't grow up in a family that loved on you. I've, I've never, I can't even remember being hugged or kissed by my mom or dad or even told I love you. You know, that's just the environment I grew up in. We were tough, you know. I, we don't, nobody cries. If you're going to cry, my mom just lost her mother a month ago. I got the privilege of doing my grandmother's funeral. And, and you know, they won't let anyone see them cry. They won't express emotion. It's just really difficult, you know. It's just a different upbringing. We know what we know, right? But I tell you what, I knew what I knew until I came to Christ that day on June 10th, 1993. And that's when I learned what real love was. See, I didn't know nothing to 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. <laughs> I was everything but it. Anyone here patient? If you think you are, just ask somebody else. <laughs> I was not, and I still, I still struggle with patience. I'm kind of a chomping at the bit. You know, I get my mind on it, and it's got to happen right now. It's one of those virtues that, uh, you know, we should all strive for is to be patient. But I was not patient, and that's not what love is. First of all, Paul tells us that love is patient, and evidently people back then weren't any different than people today. Flesh is flesh. hasn't changed since the garden. We are not patient people. But see, real love is patient. Real lovers will wait. I should say real lovers will wait. Anybody in here in a relationship and you're not married yet? Come on. I might step on some toes, and I, hopefully pastor won't run me off the stage. But, uh, but I knew that what, I didn't know what real love was. But when we came together and said, look, I want you to be my wife, you know, at first I said, you know, back in the old days, I said, can, can you, you want to go steady? 
right? Did he still do that 30 years ago? I don't know. And as hard as it was to keep her from me, we com- I thought you'd catch that. We, we committed to waiting until we were married. That's why we waited six months and got married, you know? There, I, there, my patience was... Sh- Dating is great, but dating long-term is not... All you're doing is wait, setting yourself up for failure. So, Just date long enough to know what they like and who they are and make sure there's no facades. Get them angry one time, you'll know what they are. And then, and then marry them. You know who a person is when you get them a little angry. That's when you know, you know. So we waited. Because love is patient. Real love waits. Real love waits for each other. We, you, do, do we struggle with patience in our lives? Absolutely, we all do. Patience with your children, any parents in here? Patience with your husband or wife, amen or oh me? Family members with friends? Pastors, you gotta have patience. Over and over and over and over again. Sometimes it's like just, man, we, didn't we just deal with this last week or the week before? And you know, patience, patience. Real love is patient. You know, you wanna see the love of the Father, just go to a pastor, a real pastor will show you what real love is. The Word of God tells us that God is love, right? Throughout Scripture, God gives us the example of the ultimate patience with us. You know, He had some patience. We are His love. He waits on us patiently. We thought we knew what love was, but until we experience God, we will never know what love really is. So what is love? What is love today? I want you to go home after this service, and I want you to read 1 Corinthians You have a wife or a husband, read it together. You have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, read it together. Love is patient. This is what love is. Love is kind. Am I kind? Am I patient, God? Because if I'm not, you've got a lot of work to do in me. But I'm willing. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. Love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does no evil. Love tells the truth. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Love never fails. See, when we have problems in our relationships, it's because we aren't loving. We do not know what love is. Because when I uncover the one that I'm supposed to be covering, I'm not loving says love is not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, does no evil, tells the truth, always protects. You are responsible to protect, to cover. You know, we could do a, a, you know, a marriage thing just through this verse right here. That's all we need. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us what love is. And then the second thing God says, well, what about what love does? What does love do? See, God showed us in what? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what love does. See, love is, and now love does. See, he gave his son for ransom for you and I, for this, this sinner that I am. That's, this, that's what love, see, 1 Corinthians 13 is love lived out. That's really love, right? Real love does the hard things, any, any real love in this place? 1 John 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 1 says, How great is the love of the Father. The love of the Father is lavished on us that, he, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. 
You're a child of God. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we, what we know, that when he appears, he shall be like him. We shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawless, lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. Can somebody say amen? And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. That's why he came, to destroy the devil's work. So let's skip down to verse 16. This is how we know what love is. I didn't write this. This is, this is in the word. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Let's, let's slide down to verse 23, and it said, And this is his command. Come on, this is his command to us to believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commands us. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us and we know, know it by the spirit he gave us. And my last, last little bit lengthy verse here. I know sometimes we get lost in the verses. But 1 John 4 and 7 tells us this. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. That's where love comes from. What is God? God is love. Love comes from God. If God is in you, then evidently love should be coming out of you, right? Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his own, one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He loved us first. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but we love one another. God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. With his love, now we find the missing piece of our life. We know that we live in him and he in us, and because he has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God gives, lives in him and he in God. We're going to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. And so this, 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 these verses ought to start striking a chord, hitting home somewhere. Because in this way, love is made complete. See, I, I didn't know what love was. I didn't have a completion of love in my life until I came to know Christ. Among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. This is love does. So we covered lo what love is, and this is what love does. God loves us even when we aren't lovable. Yeah. Believe it or not, oftentimes you are not that lovable. <laughs> See, and the word says in, in uh, verse 4, it says, Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness, but it, you know that he appeared so that he might take away your sins. That's why he came. So he can wipe your, sin, your, your slate clean. He can take your sin and throw it as far away as east is from the west. Any alcoholics in this place? 
Any drug addicts? Well, you know, I know you go to AA and you go to these things and they say, well, I am an alcoholic and I am. You know, I tell you what, when you come born again, you are no longer that you take off the old man and you put on the new. I am no longer a slave to my sin. I am no longer who I once was because I am a new creation in Christ. See, that's what my Bible says. And thank God for the, the, the programs that help us get out of these things. But I'm telling you what, the word of God will get you out of anything far greater than any other program that you can get. Get in the program of God. Start applying it like ointment to your life, that word. See, God loves us. He loved us then. He loved us right in the midst of our mess. He loves you. And he sent his son, his only son, so that he might take away your sin. He might take away that addiction. He might take away that desire, that need, whatever you struggle with in your life. He loved us so much that he chooses to love us even in the midst of the mess and the chaos of our everyday lives. He forgives us even when we aren't worthy of it. Are we ever worthy of it? That's what love does. Verse 8 says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Jesus came just because of the love of the Father. He came to destroy the enemy's work. He came so that you might have life and what? Not death. Love does the hard things. Love puts in the work. Anyone know of that? Anybody have a relationship? You know, 29 years of marriage, if you listen to a lot of these songs, you're going to go, wow, where'd those come from? You know, it's like, uh, who's the, the famous singer? Taylor Swift, right? I don't know. You all listen to her probably. But, you know, she doesn't write any music in, in, unless she's going through a breakup. You know? It's like... As soon as they get together and everything's good, they don't have no music to write, I guess. I don't know. But it's through the tough times that God really ministers to us and speaks to us. And that's where we come. You know, we aren't made who we are during the, the good times, during, the, during the, the easy times. It's during the tough times. See, love does the hard things. It puts in the work. Anybody know about that? The love cleans up the vomit. Love cleans up the poo. Any parents in here? Yeah? You know what? Love changes diapers. And not just on the babies. Love does all of that. Just wait till you're about 95. You'll be thanking God for somebody taking care of you. Verse 18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Love goes beyond just talking. Love is not just speaking about it. It's an action. Love is, love is a verb. It's an action word. Because love what? Does. I used to work with this old guy, and he would have this saying. And he would, you know, people would, you know, oftentimes if you just listen enough, you'll hear people talk about themselves. And they would talk, especially in construction, you know, guys talk about how great they are and how good they do things. And, and he would say, you are a legend. You are a living legend. And he was a Hispanic guy. He had a cool accent. And as soon as they would leave, he goes, he's a legend in his own mind. <laughs> you know, aren't we all a little bit legends in our own mind? The older we get, the better we were, you know. But the reality is love is not that. Love is not just talk. Love is action because love does. See, I've gotten older, I, I listen more, and I talk a little less. A little less. <laughs> Instead of my knee-jerk reactions like I used to have, because I got a little bit of fire and a, little, a whole lot of temper back then, and now my reactions are a whole lot slower and a whole lot out of, less out of emotion, because now they're out of love. Because now I know what real love is. And it came, it, it came from the Father. Love is not just talk. It's not just words. Love is action. Love is doing. As I close today, Deuteronomy 7, 
Chapter 7, verse 12. Come on, my babe. If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your forefathers. He will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. He will bless the fruit of your womb. Anybody want your fruit blessed? I, I, I want to... The crops of your land, your grain, new wine and oil, the calves of your herd and the lambs of your flock and the land that he swore to your forefathers to give you, he will bless, you will be blessed more than any other people. The Lord made a covenant with you a long time ago. Read this verse again. He made a covenant with you a long, long time ago and he intends on keeping it. He wants to bless you. He actually desires to bless you. See, God's co- uh, love covenant is always... It never ends. In good times and in bad. He's the lover of our soul. Remember that old song, Jesus, lover of my soul. He loves you when you are unlovable, and most of the time you are. But he loves you no matter what. He loves you so much he'll do anything for you. He loves you enough to lay down his life for you, even in the state of your mess, in the state of your brokenness. He loves you. He's right there. No matter how deep the divide, no matter how messy that mess is, he's ready to reach down and pluck you out of the muck and mire of this, this life. When you call out to him, will you call out to him today? If anybody in this place doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So I can't really see out there real well. But if, you, if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I ask you this day, would you just raise your hand? Because I want to I pray with you. I want to pray with you to receive Christ in your life so that you can have the promise of eternal life, that you can be born again. See, my Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you can be born again. It's as simple as that. I was able to share that with my grandmother as she was on her deathbed. And she, before I could even finish, she says, I believe, I believe, I believe. Hallelujah. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.